Welcome back to another episode of Duke Chat. It is football playoff season, and Madison Heritzik and Savannah Rieger are here to break down everything you need to know as JMU football gets ready for its 2021 FCS playoff run. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Duke Chat. My name is Madison Heretic, and I am once again joined by my lovely co-editor, Savannah Rieger. And this week, we are talking about all things JMU football as they get ready for the FCS playoffs. So Sunday was the FCS selection show, and Madison and I had the opportunity to go to Bridgeport Stadium, be with the team, be at the watch party, watch their reactions, and watch the FCS playoff bracket unveiled. It definitely was a really interesting watch party considering JMU had the expectation that they were going to be coming in as the number two seed. Number two ended up going to North Dakota State and JMU ended up receiving the number three seed for this year's tournament. But nevertheless, JMU is ready. They get the first round by and they will wait to see who they play first. They will be playing the winner of Florida A&M University versus Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, Signetti talked a lot today about how much this team needs the bye week. Jamie hasn't had a bye week since after the Weber State game, which was all the way back in September. So they've gone a long stretch. They've been battled, bruised, and beaten up, and now they're ready for that bye week. So this year's tournament had a lot of ups and downs. A lot of people were surprised, especially after the last week of the regular season. There were a lot of upsets, a lot of big changes, and it led to quite a few things. Rhode Island, a CIA team, was one of the first three out. So JMU and Villanova were the only two CAA teams to make it to the FCS playoffs this year. Savannah, I know you and I talked a lot about this, but I don't think neither of us were really surprised to see that. No, I mean, with when Rhodey lost that last game to Elon, that's when I kind of figured they're not going to make it in. Um, Elon pr- was a pretty average team this season, and when Rhodey was trying to make the playoffs and couldn't get it done, and they lost by a pretty large number, um, that really does tell you that the committee wasn't going to let them, let them in. I mean, it's a 24-team playoff, and... There are a lot of good teams across the FCS, especially since they had that spring year preparation. This is pretty much year two from that season. So, you know, if you weren't playing at your best all year, you weren't getting in. Absolutely. But looking at the number one seed, I don't think it came to a surprise to anybody that Sam Houston State, the defending national champions, will be getting that number one seed. They get that first round by there on the opposite side of the bracket to JMU. So should JMU face them, it wouldn't be until the Dukes arrive in Frisco, Texas in the new year. Yeah, Sam Houston State... Um, or Sam Houston by athletic standpoint, they, they it wasn't really a question that they were going to be the one seed. They're the defending national champions from the spring. And all year, they have just been completely dominant. Um, they've been beating their teams by pretty large margins. On the breeze uh, Sunday, I released a story kind of previewing all the matchups, previewing some of those at-large teams as well. And Sam Houston's win margin is just huge. The closest game they had this year was a 21-20 win over St. Austin. And that's the one that's in their bracket, and that's the one they could pen potentially see in the second round. Now going down to number four, we have Sacramento State. Now they also had a very good season. And Savannah, what do you see out of this team? What makes them so dangerous to get the number four seed? Uh, they were the only team in the Big Sky this year that went undefeated. And in the Big Sky that had five teams go to the postseason, most in the league history, that's pretty That's pretty incredible. Um, Sacramento State has just been not necessarily dominating teams, but finding ways to win when it matters. And, you know, when you're a number four seed, it's not. It's possible to get to Frisco, Texas. We've seen that with JMU in 2016. So 
always be on the watch for those four seeds. Absolutely. And the other CAA team to make it, Villanova. JMU's only loss this season. It was a 28-27 loss at Bridgeport Stadium back on Family Weekend, October 10th. So they're going to be on Sam Houston State's and Sacramento State's side of the bracket. That means, again, if JMU were to face them, it would be in Frisco. And now that would be an interesting matchup if that were to happen. I think the hardest thing with Villanova will probably be the travel they have to do because they're going to have that first home game, but then they would have to go to Sacramento State for the quarterfinals, and then they would have to go to Sam Houston for the semifinals. And those are two really hard trips on short weeks, especially with finals coming into play. So that is definitely going to, I think, would be Villanova's downfall other than the fact that they can't find the end zone. Well, what's interesting is you do have to remember that at the end of the day, every single athlete here is a college student. So yeah, finals week is coming right around the corner. I know you and I both definitely feel that, but JMU football and just the FCS playoff bracket in general this season is coming to be quite an interesting, exciting turn of events, and I'm excited to see how JMU is going to match up with their list of opponents they've got ready for them. Yeah, I'd also like to point out the number eight seed on that side of the bracket is Montana State, and Montana State was ranked top five for most of the season this season in the FCS, especially in stats top 25, and their only loss in the big sky came to good old Montana. So, you know, the triangle up there in the big sky is still alive and well, and that is not an easy eight seed to play. Now, before Villanova and Sacramento State meet their first opponents, Sacred Heart and Holy Cross have to take on, and then the winner of that matchup will go see Villanova. And then UC Davis and South Dakota State will be the two that face off before seeing Sacramento State in the second round. So four teams that are very competitive and most likely going to have very highly contested close games. Yeah, that South Dakota State and UC Davis game is definitely the game to watch out of that group. Um, South Dakota State is very up and down this season. They have an FBS win, but then they've dropped a couple of their more recent games, and no surprise, they're on the other side of the bracket than North Dakota State. You can't have that matchup yet, of course, but, um, (laughs) you know, UC Davis is also a good team. You know, they also made it in from the big sky, and, you know, that is a really, that's going to be a really gritty first-round battle, especially because it's in South Dakota. Absolutely, and fans can't forget that South Dakota State had a pretty deep FCS playoff run last season, so not only is that team going to play a physical game against UC Davis, but the majority of that team has playoff experience regardless of the eligibility level that the players are at. You say pretty deep run. They made the national championship game last year. That's (laughs) as deep as you can go. And it's always hard when you're the losing team in that run. You went all the way there to not finish. And South Dakota State remembers that, and we'll see if they can pull it off against UC Davis. And flipping back over to the other side of the bracket, Southern Illinois and South Dakota will be the two teams that face off before meeting North Dakota State in Fargo, North Dakota. Savannah, I know that this game turned a lot of heads when you and I were at the watch party. What makes this game so exciting? I mean, we have three of the six Missouri Valley teams in there. You know, six make the postseason. Missouri Valley is a very competitive conference. But, you know, North Dakota State's number two. They won the Missouri Valley, and they're going to play a conference foe in the second round. Um, South Dakota and Southern Illinois both beat South Dakota State, and who in turn beat North Dakota State. So, you know, it's up and down in that Valley Conference out there, but, you know, it's going to be a competitive game of two teams who were pretty high in the rankings at some point. Now, the two teams that would have to face Montana should they win in the first round are you and I and Eastern Washington. Now, you and I were one of the last teams into this bracket. And Eastern Washington, well, I think we all know how their season went. And the winner will take on the number six team, 
That is a very interesting matchup. There are a lot of possibilities, and that, I have a feeling, is going to be a very gritty game. You and I was one of the last ones in, but they were certainly not the least ones in. You and I went on a pretty good tear in the middle of the season and knocked out some pretty good Missouri Valley opponents. Um, they, they are a deadly team. I mean, they went out and they gave Sacramento State their only loss of the season in the FCS. So that's a big deal, and Eastern Washington was top 10 most of the season. You know, they were in contention for a first round by and so now that they're hosting on that good old red field it's going to be all up for grabs especially because eastern washington has beaten montana and the last matchup before we talk about jmu's path we have davidson and kennesaw state and the winner of that game will face number seven east tennessee state university now they are the number seven seed but i will be honest with you savannah i thought eastern tennessee if they were going to get ranked they were going to be the eight seed Kennesaw State was probably not thrilled they weren't a seed. Um, they were 9-0 or on a 9-0 run, and, you know, they wanted that seed over Eastern Tennessee. Now, Eastern Tennessee's funny because Eastern Tennessee is a team JMU used to bring in to, in words, beat up at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and now they're in the FCS playoffs. And the fun fact about that is this is the first time in 53 years they have won the Southern Conference outright. So, you know, they're coming in with a lot of energy and a lot of momentum, especially with the idea of eventually headed to the Fargo Dome. And now the breakdown that everybody wants to talk about, JMU's path to Frisco. Now, they do have that first round bye while they await to see the winner of Florida A&M or FAMU and Southeastern Louisiana. Now, what's interesting is that Signetti, Mike Green, and Cole Johnson were the three that we got to talk to post-bracket announcement. And all three of them said it was going to be an interesting matchup. They were looking forward to watching the matchup, but that they didn't know too much about either team quite yet. Yeah, I mean, when you have those two teams, teams that are Southern and they're not in the conference loop. They're not in the CAA loop. You know, they don't come out of these Missouri Valley, Big Sky, CAA football conferences. So you don't pick up as much information about them, but that doesn't mean they're any less, you know, brutal <laughs> for better words. Um, Southern Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana, you know, they were top 15 all season. Um, they are a strong team and they got a pretty good quarterback down there. So JMU, if they see that team, will definitely have a test ahead of them. Cole Johnson and Mike Green both specifically mentioned that Southeastern Louisiana quarterback. So definitely somebody you have to look at. Out for but the winner will face JMU that game will be hosted at Bridgeforth Stadium now this is the last chance JMU has for a national championship with the move to FBS coming so Savannah knowing that that's happening what do you expect out of the JMU fan base for that first game I think the fan base is going to be the same fan base it always is um it honestly I think it depends on the weather um FAMU and southeastern Louisiana are from the south Jane, you better hope it's cold in Bridgeforth Stadium because that's how they beat Sam Houston in 16. This is a team right now that looks very similar in the path and the product that was that 2016 National Championship team. They have a young offensive line. They have a strong defense, and especially those linebackers. And they have a quarterback that was on the team when they won that run. There are a lot of similarities, and I think Jamie Nation's going to pick up on that. Now, just so everyone is kind of having the disclaimer here, we're going to follow basic the standard bracketology that JMU could kind of expect for this season. So should JMU win the second round in the quarterfinals, in theory, they would be facing Montana. Now, Montana would, again, have to come to Bridgeforth because JMU has the higher seed, but that's going to be a very intense matchup, especially if Montana comes off of a very gritty win over either you and I or Eastern Washington. 
Montana has played JMU twice. Um, the two teams are one and one. JMU obviously took the 2004 1AA National Championship from Montana in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then the last time the Grizz actually did come here and JMU did lose that one in 2008. So this is, these are some two teams that haven't seen each other in a long time. But at the same time, this is definitely a matchup everybody would be watching in the quarterfinals. Absolutely. I think it's probably one of the biggest matchups that would turn heads. I mean, you look at all of the other bracketology standards, you would most likely have Sam Houston and Montana State, Villanova and Sacramento State, which is definitely one you would want to watch out for. And then the third quarterfinal match would be ETSU and North Dakota State. And my personal opinion, but I think the JME-Montana matchup would probably be the grittiest and most likely the most physical out of those four quarterfinals. It definitely would, and travel would definitely play an impact on that. Uh, Montana would be coming to Harrisonburg, and that is not a long trip or short trip by any standard. Um, so that would play a factor. Now, the Grizz do know what it's like to play in the cold. So no no cold advantage there for the Dukes. But, you know, at the end of the day, if James Madison can go out and do what they do, especially in the most recent weeks, they can play with Montana. So again, following that standard, if JMU makes the semifinals, everybody's going to be turning heads as JMU travels out west to Fargo Dome. Now, everybody knows what happened the last time JMU went to Fargo Dome in 2016. And I think JMU fans are looking forward to that same type of result. The last time the Bison lost in the Fargo Dome in the FCS playoffs was in 2016 when JMU beat them. So, yes, I would say all eyes are going to be on that game. (laughs) Um, You know... There's a couple players on this team, though, that were on that team. Cole Johnson is an example of that, and he even told us today, he remembers what it's like in that Fargo Dome, man. It is loud. Even though it's not the biggest stadium in the FCS by any standards, it is loud in there, and it's hard to hear. And JMU has to come up with things that, uh, you know, help them hear so that they can perform and execute. Now, it's not like it can't be done. They've done it in years past, and I'm sure that film would be up. But, you know, the Fargo Dome is needing to play it, and that's what home field advantage is all about. Absolutely. And a fun little tidbit that I think would be really cool to share. Savannah, I know you and I like to go sit on O'Neill's and talk to Signetti every Tuesday, and I remember earlier this past week, you asked Signetti about NDSU when it was time to look at Jamie versus is Towson, and Signetti gave us quite a little bit of insight on that team. Yeah, he already knows that they've benched their quarterback. Signetti has been looking already, and I think that says a lot about what Jamie's looking at. They are not just look, you know, breezing off these FCS playoffs because they're ready for the Sun Belt by any means, and you hear that with everyone. They are playing for the senior class, and that is obvious. I mean, if Signetti's already scouting out North Dakota State, imagine what he's done with all the other FCS powerhouses. Absolutely, and I think that goes to show what this team has in mind and what they want to be able to continue to develop. Cole Johnson, when we talked to him earlier, he talked about how the special teams and the defense has already been performing so well. He wants to see them continue performing well, and he wants to see that offense continue to grow. Cole is never satisfied. I think you and I definitely can agree with that. And I know he wants to see his wide receivers continue to be constantly moving, evolving. He wants to see more running back depth. I know that JMU has suffered quite a bit in the running back this season, but I think that it just goes to show that they're not giving up. They're looking for ways to succeed and looking ahead to those types of matchups. That's going to be huge for this team. You know, at this point, looking ahead towards Frisco, if Jamie were to advance past North Dakota State, which would not be an easy game by any means, I think it would be Sam Houston that we're going to see in the FCS National Championship game. Um, They do have an easier path. Now, a lot of people do believe that whoever comes out of that right side of the bracket will be the national champion because of what they have to go through. And personally, I am someone who believes that 
it's once the selection show has happened and once the committee has spoken and you're in, there's no reason to complain. Yes, of course you want your team to be the first seed. Of course you want to have the easy path. But in the playoffs, there is no easy path to a national championship. That's what makes it a national championship. So I believe that, you know, anyone who complains week after week about where we were is just not, it's not worth it because in the end, if you are the best team, you will win. Absolutely. You know, I think it would be a really interesting matchup and a lot of fun for Sam Houston and JMU to face off in Frisco. I mean, JMU knows that they were not satisfied after that semifinals exit last season. And I think if that were to happen in Frisco this year, you would see a whole different type of aggression coming out of JMU. And I mean, I think you could make that predicament earlier on as far as even far into the quarterfinals, we could see a change in aggression because they know the caliber that they have to go through to be able to make it to Frisco and to be able to hoist that trophy. It's about the senior leadership, and we've heard that a lot in the most recent days. Um, it's about what the seniors are going to be able to do and what legacy they're going to leave behind. And they don't want to leave behind the last FCS playoff run in James Madison history without going far and doing their best and even winning a national championship. Absolutely. And, you know, Sam Houston State is not going to give up easy. And what I think would make that really, really interesting, Savannah, if Sam Houston and JMU were the two in Frisco, they would be the two teams that are leaving the FCS after this year. Both of those teams are having their last national championship run with Sam Houston going to Conference USA and JMU going to the Sun Belt. All I'm going to say is poetic justice. (laughs) All right, Savannah, now that we've broken down the bracket quite a bit, I know playoffs don't start until this coming Saturday, but what are your final thoughts on this year's 2021 bracket? I think the selection committee, for the most part, got the seeds right and got the teams in there correct. Um, These are the best teams in the FCS, um, and I think that that's good because you need to have all those good teams in a good order. You know, they're pretty – it's a little heavy on the right side, but on that left side, too, there are a lot of potentials for some upsets. So I think this will be a really good FCS playoff run, and you're going to get some teams who are in their second year playing together. So this has the potential to be the best FCS championship we've seen in a long time. I think there's going to be some upsets. I think there's going to be some absolute blowouts. I think there's going to be every little thing in between to make this a really, really great playoff season for every team involved, not just JMU, but I know that JMU is going to put everything onto that field. Signetti said it doesn't matter what the, what the seating is. Everything that matters is between those white lines. And so I think that stands to hold, and we'll see what JMU does this season. Well, that is all from Savannah and I, but thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Duke Chat. If you aren't already, go ahead and give us a like and follow on our social media. We are at The Breeze Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this has been Duke Chat. Duke Chat.